The NBA trade deadline is a month away. What should the Pelicans do and have circumstances changed? Let's talk about it in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday, game day for your New Orleans Pelicans, taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves in the Smoothie King Center tonight. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the third segment of today's show. Just a couple of notes from there. I also want to touch on Jose Alvarado for this game tonight as well. But I asked you all on Twitter. I said I might have a little bit of time in today's show. So I wanted to tackle some of the topics you had. And I had a really kind of great concept of a question from a listener that I'll talk about that's going to be the first two segments of today's show. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available five days a week for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. Right now, it's going to be a lot of trade deadline stuff over the next month as we wait to see what the Pelicans do. Are they still buyers? Should they switch to sellers? Should they stand pat? Should they tank? All of that's kind of still up in the air a little bit. So I want to just dive into these topics. So this question comes from Duke Stan Pels fan. You can follow him on Twitter at mshane underscore 67. And this was a really good one. I, I really enjoyed this question here that I just completely lost and I'm trying to pull it up. Um, and it goes, he goes, do you think it's too late if they wait until the trade deadline to make a move? I think they got to do it ASAP if they're going to make a playoff push. Okay, that's a really intriguing thought and question. So basically what what I think he's saying is, is it too late if you wait a month, right? Are you going to be out of playoff contention at that point in time? And should you not then make a move if it's not going to impact this season to a certain degree? You know, they're in the midst of a tough schedule now. They basically need help like tomorrow, tonight for this game, you know, and it only looks like they might fall further down in the standings. We've seen a trend in kind of some... Uh, way the Pelicans have gone over the past couple of weeks, right? You fight hard every night, totally, for Willie Green. But they still have issues defensively. It's just not enough to overcome the lack of Zion and whoever is missing for that night, whether it's Josh Hart or others, you know, and they lose. But they fight. That's a good thing, you know. So maybe if that trend holds, they're going to fall out of playoff contention, even play in tournament contention. And don't forget, the ninth and 10th seed can kind of backdoor their way into the postseason through that little mini play-in tournament, as unlikely as it might be. And so, you know, is it too late to do it a month from now if the season has gone sideways during that time? And look, I've seen a lot of people, and had a friend even say this to me over the weekend, that the West is not as good as it normally is, right? Like under 500 might get you into the playoffs in the West. That might be the eighth seed in the Western Conference. You know, it appeared it was going to be that way. I'll agree with that. But things are definitely starting to change. And you're about to see the Western Conference, I think, get really good, actually. The top three teams, nothing's really changing with them. Golden State, Phoenix, Utah. Only Golden State's just going to get a little bit better there. Memphis is really good. They haven't lost in forever. They're 28-14 and 14 
It's a really good record. John Morant looks like the damn truth right now. Dallas is 22-18, and 18, had won six straight, and looks to be kind of turning their season around and kind of finding their legs under them and kind of getting things going after changes with Rick Carlisle, Luka being in and out of the lineup. Now they're getting healthy a little bit. They're being good again. Denver is still treading water with the MVP and Nikola Jokic and is going to get Jamal Murray back somewhat soon, I think. You know, but they're still not bad. They're going to be an above 500 team unless some other injury just completely derails them, right? The Lakers have been surging until last night's loss. You're seeing LeBron basically defy anything when it comes to age. They'd won four straight before losing to the Memphis Grizzlies two nights ago by the time you're listening to this. They've been good for the most part. They're still going to be good, and Anthony Davis is starting to practice again, so they get a little bit when it comes to reinforcements, right? Minnesota's treading water at the eighth seed at 500. They have Carl Anthony Towns, arguably the best big man in the game, most unique big man in the game, potentially. You know, they're really, they're not good, but they're, they're good enough. They've made some strides under, you know, uh, this season. Then you have the San Antonio Spurs, who still aren't going away. You know, things drop off, you know, from Minnesota. Sorry. Then you have the Clippers, right? 20 and 21, a bit disappointing. They've got Kawhi Leonard returning soon, by all accounts, right? Paul George is about to come back for them potentially as well. So they're going to be better. So all of a sudden, this Western Conference, which was looking down a little bit, is trending upwards. Then you get to teams like the Spurs, Portland, who's probably about to pack in the season, to be fair. Sacramento, who might go all in for a guy like Ben Simmons, right? You know, where does it leave New Orleans? And so if you think the season's going to go south later, yeah, don't don't make a move. And even if you think making a move right now is the best thing, like you've got to do it now, get some help now, is it going to do much when you're kind of faced with how good the conference is about to probably become? I'm not sure that it really will. And let's talk about that part. How much good does a trade make now versus later or at all? Coming up here in the next segment of today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march towards the NFL. Playoffs were in there now. And, of course, the NBA playoffs, you got games every single night. The Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's free money right there. Just use our promo code locked on to get started. Whether it's football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, plus all the player props and odds you could ever want. Take the over on like everything Herb Jones. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all platforms five days a week, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And it's going to be a lot of trade talk coming up over the next month as we're a month away from the NBA trade deadline. We'll also kind of do a bit of a season review for the Pels. This game tonight is midway point, 41st game for the Pelicans. What do we know about them after half of the year? That's probably going to be the focus on tomorrow's show um, or Thursday's show as well. So now go check out the Locked On Now podcast. You get nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. You need the context around all that. You can't just look at the box score. So listen to Locked On Now, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. You can also hear me on Locked On NBA every Wednesday, co-hosting our big national show. All right, so we're continuing to talk 
mock trade deadline stuff around this Pelicans team, right? Great question by a, a listener. And, you know, should they try to make a move now? Like, yeah, if you want to try to get to the playoffs, you should probably make a move now. Here, but there's two problems with that. So I don't, you know, the, the premise is right. You know, things are probably going to get away from this team, I have a feeling, over the next month. Make a move now. Maybe you can kind of change the course of that. But one, will you with the way the West is looking? Like, even if the Pelicans get a guy, a medium name signing, right? Like, are they going to jump any of those teams we talked about? I'm, I'm not sure, unless Zion comes back. And who knows when that's going to be, right? Because the team, and go listen to this episode of the show if you haven't already, says it's better that he rehabs away. It's a big eye roll from me right there. So, how much would a, a medium in-season trade accomplish, right? Not a big trade, not like a Ben Simmons. They don't have the assets to get a Ben Simmons. And that's something we'll probably talk about this week as well. You know, what are their assets that they could conceivably use? You know, but what does a medium signing accomplish? When you look at like in-season trades, you know, what's really swung the course of a season for a team? What's gotten a team that was on the outside looking in you know, into the into the playoffs, I guess. You know, you could argue maybe the DeMarcus Cousins one looked like it might until the injury, and then they still got in, but they did that largely on their play, small ball and playing fast after the DeMarcus Cousins injury. You know, and and that was the next season, right? That wasn't even that, that in-season one, I should say. Sorry. So the in-season year they traded for, my God, my, my mind is a little blurry on all of those years. They didn't get into the playoffs, right? It, was, it happened during Mardi Gras, that trade, the, the all-star game that was in town. They still fell short. They weren't able to get it done and get into the playoffs because, you know, it takes a little bit of time to gel. And that was a monster trade. That wasn't like a small one. That was a significant trade. And they weren't able to get it done. Kind of tells you that, you know, these in-season trades don't do a ton. So does that mean maybe the Pelicans shouldn't be buyers? And I think that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. They say they're going to be. And I wouldn't be shocked if they make some minor move, but I just don't see a big thing happening and a big thing that, you know, might not really do anything this year. So are you going to cash your chips in for a lesser piece now in hopes of, you know, in what's probably a short-sighted rush to try and get into the playoffs? That's not going to happen. Failed attempt. You know, if that's the case, that's probably not the move that the Pelicans should make. It also doesn't mean they should be sellers either. I think they should probably just stand pat. I don't also think there's much to really sell off outside of Valanciunas or Brandon Ingram. And Brandon Ingram's not going to be happening. I thought about making a joke video, and I still might, of like, should the Pelicans trade Brandon Ingram? And it's just me going, no. Or it's like, will the Pelicans trade Brandon Ingram? It's just me going, no. And that's the end of the show like all of 30 seconds on YouTube with like the thumbnail and everything to kind of rile some people up and just have a little bit of fun. So th there's not really much for them to do. The West is about to get good, I think. And with this brutal stretch of schedule that the Pelicans are on, you know, in the season, maybe getting away from them a little bit, like, yeah, you could chase 10, but you still might be on the outside looking in for the 10th seed. And then the West is going to be a slaughterhouse at the top. You don't want to face any of those teams. And if you do, you're just going to get run out. I don't know if it's worth the short-sighted move of that. If you could conceivably get to the sixth seed and not have to deal with the playing tournament where you probably wouldn't even win, you know, I think that could be maybe a better thing. Then you're guaranteed a playoff series. But if you're not guaranteed that, I don't know if there's really a move out there for the Pelicans to make. So, yeah, it'd be better to do it now but rather than waiting. But here's the, the final point when it comes to this part of it, right? These big trades don't get done now. 
you'll have some minor things. Was it Bull Bull or Taco Fall going to the Pistons or, you know, whatever it might have been, or the Cavaliers, something like that. Those are inconsequential moves. Any of the trades you're seeing now are going to be inconsequential and nothing gets done till the week of the NBA trade deadline. You rarely see a significant move, a move that has some like reverberations and kind of shocks people around the league being like, oh, wow, until like the week of the trade deadline. It just doesn't happen because there's no urgency until, oh, crap, that date's around the corner. All right, here are the offers on the table. We actually got to pick one right now. So, yeah, I, I think the Pelicans could try and do something now. Maybe it changes their fortunes, but they're not going to be able to get a deal done. Ben Simmons won't be traded before the NBA trade deadline. He might be the actual one that could be. CJ McCollum not going to be traded before the NBA trade deadline. And, you know, so because of that, I just don't think there's a move that they could make unless they massively, massively overpay. But again, their assets aren't that great. They're not in a real good position right now in terms of players to really try and move on from anybody or, or you know, be like, look, if you don't take the deal now, this guy might not be there. All of the Pelicans players are going to be there. So, yeah, they should make a trade now. If they're going to make a trade at all, it just won't happen. And I think that's kind of part of the problem. So they're stuck in this no man's land. And that probably means they should just stand pat and not really do anything. But they do need to make some changes, right? They definitely need to make some changes. And I think one change could be something you see in the game tonight. I don't know if it will. I don't know if it will, but it probably should happen. Let's talk about what that is. It has to do with Jose Alvarado coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. All right, thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all platforms five days a week, Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And now for your second listen, it's got to be Locked on Saints with host Ross Jackson breaking down all of the weirdness that was the black and gold season. Hell of a job by Sean Payton and company. And where do the Saints go from here? Are things trending in a good way, in a down way? He's going to be covering it all. I'm pretty optimistic. I've been listening every single day. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and there's a lot to debrief when it comes to the Saints season. So go check out the Locked on Saints podcast wherever you get your podcasts. He's also available on YouTube and he is excellent. So we just finished wrapping up kind of, you know, where the Pelicans stand a little bit at the trade deadline. And we'll talk some more about that over this week, too. I want to do kind of take stock of their first half of the season as well. But there is a game tonight and the Pelicans are getting players back. I, I almost said reinforcements and it's not quite like Josh Hart counts. Right. But Josh Hart has been in there and Josh Hart has been really Really good this year. They very clearly missed him on Sunday night and could have won that game conceivably against the Toronto Raptors with Josh Hart out there, but it wasn't meant to be, and they lost. They also get Tomas Sadoransky back, who is exiting COVID protocols. He went through practice. We'll see if he plays tonight. He shouldn't play tonight, regardless of if he's healthy or not, or you know he's ramped up and up. He shouldn't play enough, or he shouldn't play at all. I'm ready to see more of Jose Alvarado. I've been mildly impressed by him I don't have a very high ceiling for Jose Alvarado I think he could he's been fun to watch you saw him really tie up a guy like Fred Van Vliet on a couple of possessions in in Sunday night's game and that was a truly impressive thing because Fred Van Vliet is on a freaking heater man and he's undersized his offense is inconsistent at best but he's a bulldog defensively the undersized kind of hurts him on that defensive side of the ball though but you know what he's going to give you probably what what Sadoransky can do, and there's no reason not to at least kind of try. uh, Sadoransky on the year, 2.8 points per game, 2.3 assists. He's doing it while shooting 31% from the field and 16.7% from three. Dude's giving you, it gives you two rebounds too. 
He's, he's just giving you nothing, right? Jose Alvarado in, you know, half as many minutes is giving you two points per game, one assist, half a rebound, not shooting any better, certainly, shooting better from three. There's no reason not to try him. There's just no reason not to try Jose Alvarado compared to Sadoransky. Per 36 minutes, here you go. 10 points per game for Jose Alvarado. 5.3 assists and 3 rebounds. Per 36-minute numbers to even them out, right, for Sadoransky. Where did those go? 6.9 points, 5.5 assists, 5 rebounds. So basically, the numbers are really similar. Go with the one that has upside and who defends at a pretty high level for his for his size. You know... I, I was thinking the other day, you know, when when we watch a guy like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and look, he hasn't been good, and I'm, I'm kind of, I've been out for a while on Nikhil, and I have been, I've been higher on Jackson Hayes than him, basically, I don't know, for however long, and, you know, you, you look at a guy like that, and I think people are kind of fed up with Nikhil too, and it's like, get him out of the lineup, problem is like, who are you going to put in there instead, right, like, you actually kind of have to play Nikhil, because there's just no other options, you know, in terms of his talent and potential for scoring, right, even if it's boom or bust. When it comes to Sadoransky, though, there's other guys you can play. It's Jose Alvarado, or like anybody, because he's giving you so little. At least Akil can give you something. Sadoransky is not doing that. And so, you know, when you look at some of this of like, what should they do instead, there's, there's, sometimes there's not an answer to that, and the answer is, yeah, you're right, nothing. When it comes to a guy like Sadoransky, like, you actually have some options, and it could be anyone they sign, or it could be just the guy on the team. It could be a guy like Jared Harper, who they made some room with by by waving him from a two-way to bring, um, what's his name back, and try and get in Gary Clark, who'd been decent enough for the Pels in limited minutes here. You know, but why not play a guy like Jose Alvarado more, especially with needing some stops on defense and a little bit more defensive intensity, and you can definitely get that out of him. So I think it would be worth a try to at least give him a shot and give him some more minutes because I don't think Sadoransky has been particularly good this year. Give Alvarado a little bit more run. You know, maybe maybe not in this game where you maybe have expectations of winning, but some of the tougher matchups, it couldn't necessarily hurt to really see what you have in him. You were high enough to sign him to a two-way deal. He's main, stayed on that two-way deal during this whole time too. There's something to be said for that. And what the Pelicans maybe view in him, though they often view that two-way deal kind of as a... They, they actually use the two-way quite smartly, I think. And it's a bit of a revolving door for at least one of those spots. But there's no reason not to give him some more minutes. I wouldn't mind even if you took down some of the minutes from Nikhil and gave them to Jose Alvarado, too, if you really want to play Sadoransky as much as a guy like Willie Green wants to play Sadoransky. So... I think there's ways that you could really make it work with with a guy like him to at least kind of see what he can give you. The offense looked a little bit better against the Toronto Raptors. We saw more out of him than we had seen before. Somebody be said there. I, I think it's worth a shot because I've been impressed with just at least the bulldog mentality from him on defense. We'll see, though, if he plays. We'll talk about it in tomorrow's show, whether he does or he doesn't. We'll also break down at some point this week the Pelicans' kind of season in review so far. What have we learned? What do we know for sure about this team now that we're halfway through the year? And, of course, more trade deadline talk. I expect some moves to be made. I expect at least a little move, you know, kind of a, a minor move. And if they do make a trade, the rule would be it's got to be on a guy on a longer-term deal. can't just be a short-term expiring kind of guy that you potentially lose after this season. You know, 
or one you need to pay, which which makes me a little bit nervous when it comes to Cam Radish. But that's the only reason why I'd be nervous there. Anyway, we'll ha- we'll talk about it all more here on Locked On Pelicans. Now, for your second listen, go check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.